Well, now, some people might say it's out of your place to comment on situations which you are not involved in. And that might be absolutely right when you say that because just last week on the episode that came out before this, because that's how it works. There's one before, there's one after, there's one during. And someone in the path to, or on the path to spirituality would say, fuck the previous episodes and fuck the future episodes. All that matters is today. But just to jog your memory and do other things. I, I spoke about... Um, worrying and uh, discovering or eh, paying attention to things that affect you immediately in the immediate vicinity of things, you know, in, in your in your touchable region, in your zone, and not things that are halfway across the universe. In fact, I'm more interested in things that are halfway across the universe, even though I don't understand all the, the various nebulas and the various galaxies and um, the various star systems and the various universes, the multiverses, whatever. I sometimes just listen to uh, this fucker for five minutes, um, Neil, De- Neil deGrasse. He's on the grass, the deGrasse, Tyson. Is he, just want to ask you, is he, is he colored or is he white? I don't know. I, and this is the beauty of being someone like me. I, I, I can't tell and I like the guy for his um, knowledge and for the way he presents his information. And I know Tiger Woods is black because everyone's like, Tiger Woods is the first black golfer or Barack Obama, the first black president or Hillary Clinton, the first, yeah, something like that. But I, I don't know. Is he? Could he be? I don't know. Possibly. He sounds he sounds like someone, uh, uh, like he sounds like what a black person would sound like. But then again, I would be wrong by assuming because that's stereotyping how black people speak. But he has that uh, energy. He has that um, bubbliness. He has that commanding voice. So, uh, so yeah, let me know what, he, what, what, what color he is. Anyhow, so uh, the thing I mentioned is a halfway across the universe. The, the, the thing with, um, the reason I bring this up is why is there so much fucking nonsense going around? Uh, the, 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 the What's his name? What Djokovic is he? Sam Djokovic. Fuck, what, what is his first name? No, it's Rafael Nadal. It's Roger Federer. Not Goran Djokovic. That was Goran Ivanisevic. And um, when we went to Croatia, which also was a part of the old Yugoslavia, uh, Serbia, Kosovo, Montenegro. So, eh, he didn't say the word. It's just how the country is. Um, we went on a yacht. It was actually a boat. And I've spoken about this. It was a boat which we were scammed into believing that was a yacht and we paid for yacht week, which was actually boat week, which doesn't sound as fucking good as yacht week, where we had to have bath out of the tap in the sink. Yeah, pay a lot of money for that experience and you won't be very happy in that country. But we had a great captain on the boat whose name was Goran Sloislolovich. Stoislojovic. Yeah, exactly. It's a mouthful. That's what his girlfriend said. Wife now. But um, what is, what Djokovic? I don't know. Anyway, so he uh, got an exemption, if you haven't followed the news, uh, down south in Australia and to, um, to not be a part of the vaccinated group that can enter the country with the Australian Open. Uh, so he got an exemption. I don't know. He's being very sort of secretive about why he got an exemption. Maybe he has AIDS. Maybe he has, um, you know, other issues. Maybe he has gonorrhea. Who knows? Maybe a syphilis. May, who, but but he hasn't come out and said why. I don't know the entire story. As you know on this podcast, I don't do all my research. It's too enough so I can present just enough to you. So that way it keeps you going, well, what, the, what the fuck has he just said? Is any of it true? So that way you go do the work and then you just feel happy about yourselves for doing a little bit more work than you should have done. So he was first given a visa uh, based on this exemption of a vaccine mandate uh, because of certain 
facts that he presented to the Tennis Committee of Australia and certain authorities in the region that was, uh, which covers Melbourne. Um, is that where it is? I think the Australian opens in Melbourne. But then again, Australia, the, the Prime Minister fucking said, no chance, go run, or oh, whatever your name is, no chance, go run for your money. Uh, no chance, um, Serbia, yeah, um, what, 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 what's a good Serbian name? Uh, Milosevic is the last name, that's not a good last name. Um, aren't they all called, like just in Russia, everyone's called Vlad, or everyone's called like, you know, um, Ivan, just like that, there should be two, three names. There's Goran and um, shit. I can't really think of anyone. Uh, Goran was our captain. Ah, there was another captain, Yusipe, Joseph, but Yusipe. So let's call him Yusipe Djokovic, all right? That maybe brother of Djokovic. Yusipe. Hey, so Scott Morrison uh, said, hey. By the way, Scott Morrison, the guy who Joe Biden said that fellow down under. So he clearly is fucking itching for a fight and he wanted to take it out on someone. So comes along uh, on stage left is Mr. Yusipe Djokovic saying, I don't need a visa because I am Djokovic, number one player in the world. And I sound Russian, but fuck it. This guy who's presenting podcast can only do one or two accents. So I will forgive him. He said, I have exemption because I have certain conditions which I've divulged to the relevant committees that I don't need visa. I'm on the list to be cleared because I'm number one and I'm 31 grand slam in the making in the singles category. And then Australia's dick was fucking bruised. So they said, Scomo, Scomo, like now why fucking might not on my watch. Hey, Joker fucking son of a Yusipe Gosovic, son of a bitch. I'm going to make sure, I don't know why he suddenly became Russian, but he, uh, he said, I'm going to make sure, mate, that he get on the next fucking flight on my watch. Because you know what? I'm not letting anyone in. Or out in my country. Hey, suddenly you sounded weird there. In my country, because I'm Australian and I fucking ensure that. I fucking, fucking, yeah, that's fucking right. And Joe Biden, cunty motherfucker, called me fella from down under. Hey, old prick. Hey, throw him on the barbie. Make sure the fucking. <laughs> that's pretty much my vocabulary. Australian vocabulary, running around to arrive. So, uh, so they, they, it's, they, so then a judge apparently said, "No, no, he's he's UCP Djokovic. He used to get overruled the 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 cancel visa. So the visa was reinstated. First of all, it was cancelled because the prime minister stepped into this tennis fiasco. Fucking sport, man! Just play a bloody sport. Take a ball, give it in a tennis racket. Just put some cameras in. Give him the fucking terminal at the Australian Melbourne International Airport. Fucking in, too much, too much bloody intention to something as in unimportant, unimportant." In my opinion, clearly mentioned. In my opinion, if he doesn't play, so what? Let the fucker's ego get bruised. Okay, next year he'll come and get thirty-first one. Why does he have to play it? Why does the world have to fucking come to a standstill because of the stupid cunts fucking tantrums? Anyhow, now it's been reinstated. He can play, but everyone's fucking making noise about it. I don't understand. Sometimes there's too much noise about things that don't need to be even spoken about. He didn't get a visa. Fucking, I got rejected three times for a US visa. And I'm speaking about it now, 20 years later. The first time they said potential immigrant. Second time they said potential terrorist. Third time, I don't know what they said, but they said rejected for a student fucking visa. First of all, I'm not going to move to the US. Hey, I have a chance, but I'm not going to do it now either. Second, guys, I don't think I'm going to be bombing too much. I mean, I haven't been on stage in a while. But even otherwise, I don't want... Um, 
it's too much hard work and I don't have any ideology that I believe so strongly in that I'm going to go ahead and do something so violent. Uh, unless, of course, lighting farts. I've done that. That's the closest I've come to blowing up shit. But thirdly, I don't know why they rejected me. But then I got my visa and I went there and no one gave a shit. Not Scott Morrison, not anyone. The president at that time was who? 2000 was George Bush. He never said, hey, hey, boy, hey, Sandy boy, listen, not on my watch. I'm going to make sure. Hey, but yeah. No one cared. No one gave a fuck when I entered the country. No, I left the country. No one gave a fuck. So why? Not that I'm Djokovic. Not that I'm number one tennis player in the world. But still, dude, he he didn't get his vaccine. He's an anti-vaccine person. He claimed that he had COVID, so he's exempt because one of the rules under which you can get exempt for this particular thing or get a get an exempt letter is that if you're just recovering from COVID or you have other underlying medical conditions, which is weird if you're a number one tennis player, top athlete in your sport. What is the medical condition you have? An impotent fucking cock, son? Mm, maybe not. I don't know what he has. Maybe he's a great guy. He's vegan, so maybe that's his medical condition for terms of exemption. I don't know the guy. I have nothing against the guy, but I just feel it's too much attention for a celebrity again. And there are too many people who are pro-Joko, anti-Joko, pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine. This is where all the cunts come in again be like, hey, there's a new playground for us to yell at each other from and on. So that's what's happening. Too much attention for things that don't deserve the noise. But uh, I suppose this stuff will play itself out. That's the nature of the game. But then again, COVID is back. Omicron is making its presence felt and people will play tennis, do whatever they must. But I don't want to make it all about my rantiness about things happening in the world. Yeah, I suppose, you know, dedication that has got him to where he is. He deserves it. Pat on the back or a little spank on the rump, you little naughty Serbian boy. But anyway, he's a big man in the world and I'm nobody. But this is the way I just express my opinions. And if you like what I hear, of course, do tell a friend because I've got a great guest coming up on the other side of the podcast. She's a lovely lady from Australia. Hey, did that happen coincidentally? Or did you just plan the introduction after recording the episode? Who knows? Uh, that is something which we'll all have to discover at a latter, later time. Latter, later. I never get the former latter, the now and later. Actually, I do. I just use it wrongly and I want to cover my ass and get an exemption from being called a county English speaker. Anyhow, uh, her name is Suzanne Chambers. If you're looking at the spelling of her name, even I was confused the first time she reached out to me. She actually reached out to me to audition for a movie she's making in 2022. Ah, we are in the year. But circumstances have um, basically ensured, or not ensured, that I didn't fit the role, or the role didn't fit me, which is totally cool. But Suzanne is a fantastic human being. She uh, and I speak about her story, of how she got to where she is, the, the things that influenced her life, um, how her parents moved from one part of the world to another part of the world, growing up in Australia as an Asian uh, a woman of Asian descent, um, the things that influence her work and that inspire her to do what she does or the things that drive her. I don't know if inspire is the right word. But she's a filmmaker, optometrist. She's done, if you read that fucking description, I don't know why I'm going on about it. But fun person to chat with. We've connected a few times before this for the movie, which, of course, uh, she'll tell you about, possibly. I don't know if we covered that. But she'll tell you about the other movies she's done because, hey, if you don't cover one, you cover other things you do. If you don't, then you eventually will find out on her website, 
which is also listed in the description. And in a nutshell, lovely human being, lovely woman, lovely conversation. And as always, it's happening here on the Soapy Rao Show. So do tell a friend. And if you haven't already, share the motherfucking podcast, my friend. Share it. Share it like you've never shared before. Share it like a person giving out free bread. Or share it like a person giving out free blowjobs on the docks. Whichever analogy suits you. All right, so enjoy the conversation. Thanks as always for listening. Appreciate it. And goodbye. God bless. See you on the other side. Suzanne Chambers, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Very good. Very good, Sandeep. It's so lovely to speak with you. Did I get your name right? Because I, when I, look, yeah, I'm, I'm terrible at spellings. And when I looked at your spelling, I'm like, oof, I'm going to have a tough one. Uh, I know, <laughs> but you did really well. You had a good memory. I think when we first spoke, it's pronounced yeah. Suzanne and yeah. Yeah, because I try to get it with, right with my wife and um, I mean, try to get, get your name pronounced right, not other things, other things. <laughs> but I was like, T-S-U, uh, And I'm like, is it, how do I say it without making a fool of myself? She's like, just ask her. I'm like, yeah, that that, that, that works. <laughs> so how are you? Exactly. Uh, how things um, in uh, is it sunny Australia or is it no it's it's summer for oh, you guys right? Well, it's bit, yeah, it's meant to be sunny Australia. It's a bit tough forecast rain and uh, <laughs> a bit gloomy. It's a uh, well, no um, fires, right? That's a good thing. Uh yes, not this year. Um, not this year, with, there's okay. always some weather, <laughs> you know, something Anomaly. happening down yeah. here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We. I mean. Yeah. We've had the floods. We've had. Yeah. Everything. I think. Yeah, it seems um, like everything's been thrown. It's it's kind of like equally proportioned, right? Like uh, the, the parts of the world have got different things. Like um, usually where I live in Bangalore in, in November, it's it gets start getting cold because we're at a sort of bit of a height, like on a plateau, but yeah, we don't get Bangalore. any extreme weather. You've been, I think you've been, mm. yeah, but we had like rain nonstop, like thunderstorms throughout November mm. and in other parts. So it seems like um, nature is just sort of throwing shit at the world saying let's see how you guys cope with it and then Greta Thunberg is just violently yelling oh. to the stars saying do something <laughs> it seems like nature doesn't care about her to start with <laughs> it's, just well, like... it's all it's all consequences you see because you know yeah. as they say like a butterfly flaps its wings or, or a bird flaps its wings in South America and the consequences of the wind shifting or whatever the you know yeah. thermo is doing and then it hits and affects us on the opposite side of the world and we end up yeah. getting a thunderstorm or something you know like there's always uh, yeah we're always connected i think no um, i think that's absolutely world. true and sometimes i just think of the scale of it you know living in india one point plus billion people mm. i'm sure there's a little bit of weight issue going on in our country right i'm not talking about average weight i'm talking about one point how many of a billion people taking footsteps doing things there is definitely i feel bad for the planet man taking so much uh, <laughs> <laughs> weight i I do. And even with Christmas, you know, like going shopping and, you know, buying yeah. food for Christmas dinner or something, I, I just think we're such a small population, if you know what I mean. I like even go in the shops, this local community, and you think about all the food that's there. And then I actually think and go, wow, like, can you imagine yeah. the world population? How much food, oh. how much resources just, it's right? Crazy. How much seafood are you going to go through? It yeah. blows my mind. Like when I, I, I never go to malls. I find them claustrophobic. I find them convenient, well, sadly. India, yes. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, generally, I find like I don't like malls. But you know, it's it's convenient at the same time because I don't have to walk down a sidewalk, which we don't have in India. Uh, but I just go to these malls, and I just think, okay, the food court. They have these shops, and this one mall, which probably has five hundred people generating so much waste, and you, and that's in one small little corner of one neighborhood. 
how much are we putting out how much are we eating and how much you know it's ridiculously yeah. um large the amount mhm yeah and that's the question you know yeah. are we is it sustainable right definitely and not but not. I, i i love the, i love the arguments which people are like we have to protect the planet and i said the planet's going to be absolutely fucking fine we're the ones who are fucked because <laughs> the planet has been around for 5 billion years and i think that was originally said by a lot of scientists right like why are we going on the pla- yeah we wiped out species we've done so many things which are horrific and i i you know i was reading somewhere i think was i think um like Yuval Harari's book where he talks about the initial settlers in Australia and it's not even the, the the people who are sent from England but I'm talking about the original um settlers who came from the different migrant parts like the, the aboriginal uh population mm. and how they just wiped out like birds which were like 100 feet tall who couldn't fly and there were these massive mammals which were just wiped out on the continent of Australia and you know I'm just um, talking about that because now we look at the pandemic and suddenly like one year of radical change for us like oh my god what have we done <laughs> it's like it's that it's crazy uh, how well i don't know if it's the world kind of karma kind of biting us now because now what they kind of it's like was like the virus is wiping off the human race or you know it's got the potential but it's not doing a damn good job of it <laughs> well but yeah it's like it's like every 100 years you know yeah. there's some plague or something that kills off you know part of the population yeah. there's a like guy a who actually said that process. he said i believe this is a theory <laughs> for the that every 100 years they release some kind of thing from the spanish flu and now we fast forward to 2020 to balance mm. out um uh-huh. this, this growth of population so that there's enough food and it's done intentionally by whoever the who that's his theory he's just some random oh. guy but you know what <laughs> it, it it's not beyond belief yeah but, oh no uh, well whether it's who or whatever i just think it could just be the the environment you know fighting yeah. back you know the, the earth finally making going well you've kind of stuffed us up so here you go deal with But, this you know, you know, like, if, you know. if if nature if mother nature whoever she is or whatever pronoun she wants to go by if she's listening yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> i don't think she's doing a good job i think she's lost a little bit of her oomph <laughs> uh well that's well that's the thing us humans we're kind of you know not really well it's going to say top of the food chain but not really actually because then you got the viruses so yeah um But, I think we're like we're, yeah. we're annoying we're, I think we're annoyingly clingy we, we don't let go we're like that friend who never gets the hint and keeps coming along on the date with you I think that's we're human all going to win right yeah. <laughs> it's the human ego I think yeah. or whatever uh but yeah so it's been, it's been, it's tricky it's tricky um yes and it's hard to kind of I think of you could be really aware right and Mm. consciously aware every time every day like little things you know True. recycle what, like everything that you're doing um has consequences <laughs> so you know but that's the problem um, right when someone like you or me is consequence uh, is worried about as aware about our consequences or uh, so we when we do eat like you know take away and we like oh my god there's another plastic box which has to either be recycled or reused or whatever the yes, uh, use with that we put but you know I don't know how it is in Australia but there are there's an emerging population in India who didn't have access to any of this right whether it's takeaway whether it's pizza whether it's burgers mm-hmm. and who am I to go tell them guys don't waste plastic because they've never experienced they're like screw you I've never had this access to food to abundance to even disposable income mm-hmm. so it's a bit it's a bit holier than that a bit patronizing for me to go tell them guys you should think green or you should think and and I don't know I want to ask you how it is uh, because um Australia from what I've heard from a couple of friends who live there um of course it's climate a lot of radical um climate <laughs> events if you want to call it big events. country you know we yeah. kind of spread over yeah <laughs> yeah but how's it been I mean how for you it's home but have you noticed um 
you know, over the past few years and especially during the pandemic, how has it been uh, dealing with stuff, dealing with the lockdown, dealing with badly planned lockdowns? And something I've been reading about is also tighter borders. So people who are um, from outside are finding it hard to get back in. Oh, I know. Yes, it's kind of, I think now with Omicron, um, our states, because I'm in, I'm in New South Wales, which is uh-huh. one of the biggest states in, in Australia, and, mm-hmm. you know, we c- it, it's hard because all the international arrivals generally hit either us or Melbourne, which is in Victoria, the other state. So, so you're Sydney, Sydney right? Sydney is New South Wales. Yes, yeah, right? so I'm Sydney. Right. Yes, yeah, so right. Sydney's in New South Wales. And so what's happened, this is what happened to start off with, we, we, Australia being remote has its benefits, but then you've got the international arrivals and bang, you know, we just right. see one person, which I think that's what happened. It was the, the limousine driver for someone who was COVID positive. The limousine driver wasn't wearing a mask. And then that limousine driver, that one person spread it across everywhere, mm-hmm. like in Sydney, New South Wales. Yeah, and it yeah, just yeah. went. Um, and so, and yeah, and because it's interesting the way our government works, because yes, the state sometimes can be more powerful than the federal government. And so each ah. of the states can actually impose rules and regulations on their own accord. Right. Yeah, but are, are, um, the, are the heads of your states called premiers? Yes, I found that I found that quite <laughs> commie in itself. Like, really? I mean, quite communist. Like, isn't aren't the communist names like premier or uh, uh, the words like comrades? I found it like, whoa, okay, is that still there? Oh, like, unexpected like, for for Australia. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't expect it in a what? democracy. You know, like it was quite strange. Like, I, you know, I read even oh, somewhere where this kid took his dad somewhere to Byron Bay and he didn't wear a mask, he didn't follow protocol, and he was fined some ridiculous amounts, ten thousand dollars to sit for sitting in a yeah. cab without a mask, and I was like. That sounds a lot like a Singapore. No, I, I didn't expect yeah. it to be so, you know, I know, tight I know. About you it. can't even, you know, spit gum out and you get you get fined in Singapore. Yeah. But yeah, look, this, yeah, this is what, I guess that's the surprising thing. It was, um, you know, really, I mean, like I said, for our biggest states, we're kind of like giving up on that now in a sense of, look, they've realised the impact on the economy. They can't keep people on lockdown. It's yeah. mentally not great for people, economically crippling. So, and we just can't control it. So, too bad poo, you know, and we've got yeah. our vaccination rates now up to whatever, 80% or whatever it is. Okay. So they've gone, you know what, we've done the best as we can. We can't, it's not sustainable the way we're doing it with the lockdowns. Um, people need to see each other. We're social beings. Just wear masks. And, and actually what the um, Premier has actually said is it's about personal responsibility now. So yeah. if you don't want to catch it or you don't want to spread it inadvertently to anyone else, you need yeah. to wear a mask. Uh, there's no ma- there's Absolutely. no more mandates in a sense. I mean, they keep changing things a little bit here and there, but yeah. really, like now, I'm just used to it. I I yeah. walk out, I've got a mask. Like I just, it's yeah. just what it is now. No, it's a free for all um, right now in Bangalore as well. It's just like as you said, it? you know. Uh, I, I mean, there's no mandate. They are being a little cautious, especially with New Year's celebrations. So, so they've had yeah. a bit of a curfew in the mm-hmm. nights. But otherwise, you know, as you said, like if you if you are worried about your health, if you have someone at home who's susceptible to an infection, just take care of yourself and them because no one's going to give a crap about you anymore. I think those days of like, you know, distancing, all that is gone now. Yeah, well, and yeah, and the things I think they were even debating about people who aren't vaccinated, you know what, if you get sick, you've got to pay for your own health care because in Australia yeah. we have public health system, public health oh, you care, do? which okay. means obviously, yeah, so the government obviously covers that to some degree. Um, so it's a penalty so now saying if you don't get the vaccine, we're not going to Well, then you've got to pay for your own body, you know, because mm. the hospitals are at breaking point, you know, um, there's limited resources, right? 
Okay. And so they should do, they'll, they prefer to obviously provide care for people who actually have tried to do the right thing and mm. inadvertently maybe catch it um, compared to those who don't. And um, yeah. And again, I do believe in personal responsibility. I think that's that's important. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's just it's a no-brainer, right? You look after your little the little and, area around yourself. And then your consequences and, are yours, right? Yeah, and it sort of starts at a yeah. grassroots level. If you are looking after yourself and your family, then that sort of sort of spreads to the next family, and then next thing you know, more a larger group of people are protected and are being are being sensible about it. You know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, it's interesting, I kind of, I've, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of written a uh, kind of an online series based on that premise of consequences and that every action or inaction you take mm-hmm. has consequences. And Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. actually targeting it to young people because we're finding, you know, that the young people are the super spreaders. So, you know, because again, yeah. you know, love life, you know, woo, you know, they just They're a go super spreader and... in all aspects, I think, of uh, <laughs> panic, fear, misinformation, <laughs> STDs, everything. Exactly. You you thought you said what else. No, I didn't, want my, I didn't want people to think I have a dirty mind. I do have a dirty mind, but I wanted to drop the STDs on the fourth point. Hey, look, it's, it's real. It's real. You know, it is. Yeah. It is it's just they, you know, it's because it's unbelievable sometimes when they, you know, all the um the hotspots or the locations that they go COVID hotspot, right? That person's yeah. been to. One person, young person, they go to like about 15 different places all in one afternoon, you know, yeah. I'm like, and, and I remember like, you know, looking at my partner and going, wow, you know, that guy, they really have a social life. Like, yeah. I'm just yeah. sick, you know, yeah. compared to what we do, you know. Uh, so, it, yeah. No, but, but it's, uh, it's um, what, what's, what I find interesting, you know, is that Australia, like, had a system because, you know, I've been to Australia once and I went to Perth, so I don't know if that counts. But uh, <laughs> They've got the hardest borders, man. That premier, I swear to God, poof, um, as soon as there's one COVID case, I, bang. Yeah, at that point border, when yeah. I was there in 2017, there was this lady, I think, who was being mocked or ridiculed for her uh, very sort of um, right um, sort of approach, which I think Pauline Hanson, Pauline something. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. She's Queenslander, though. But yes. Yeah. So she was, yeah, she was the topic of conversation and how she's sort of anti-immigration. Uh, but, you know, what I what I always thought of Australia is, you know, for me, it was Monash. It was the university there. And also how uh, they were quite, kind of encouraging people who have qualifications with a point system saying you can come and settle here. There's work for people who are qualified. We encourage people. But then on the other hand, you hear people... Um, coming out with policies where like, no, if you're, if you're a Chinese student and you've gone back home, you can't come back in. Or I don't know how much of it is the media exaggerating it. I don't know how much of it is misinformation, which I'm receiving sitting in Bangalore, but it just almost feels like a country which at one point was open to the world coming there and sort of um, helping it grow, like how America attracted talent is now all of a sudden saying, no, 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 no. We want Australia for Australians. You kind of thing. Is that the truth or am I getting wrong information? Uh... It's hard because I'm also looking at it through a lens, obviously being Asian Australian, right? Yeah, and that's so why I was asking, you know, and yeah, and the sentiments, particularly now between you know the tensions between Australia and China is a big thing, and mm. um, and it's not great um, mm. from a diversity standpoint. I don't, I think we've got a long way to go, and right. it's it's and particularly with these tensions at the moment, um, mm. you know, it's worrying, and uh, you know. Do you, do you experience anything? Because you are an Australian, so I don't want to say anything from the locals because you are a local. Uh, you are as mm, Australian as the person here. next to you. You are born there, exactly. But do you get a mm. sense of, like, you know, when you see what's happening across the globe in America with Black Lives Matter or with all yes. the shootings in Atlanta, do yes. you feel unsafe uh, as an uh, Australian of Asian descent? I don't know if that's the right politically correct Yeah, term. yeah, no, 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 you're right. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I with COVID, I definitely did. So uh, in terms of felt unsafe. Oh, so, and that was the first time I've ever felt like that, actually. In what is, way was it unsafe? Like Because, like, obviously all the media, I know media kind of really, you know, makes, it for like, heightens things. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, it just yeah. makes, sometimes it just makes, um, just multiplies things when it shouldn't be. But, um, but yeah, no, with all the, you know, Asian hate crimes that came out, obviously with COVID, because obviously COVID, you know, they're obviously mm. pinpointing it, but obviously um, Trump didn't help with that, you know, <laughs> that issue either. The China um, virus. The China virus. Yeah, that's oh, the, that's yeah. right. That's right. And um, but I, but I think uh, so. For the first time in a while, I mean, I had friends who, you know, experienced racism when they were on the street, right? And um, and you and you and you saw videos about issues, and I just went, wow, like, and and it is hard because look, you know, my children are Eurasian. Right, mm, I've mm. got a partner who's Caucasian. Right, he, he doesn't understand that. He doesn't. He he would never understand. As in, he's Australian know, uh, from. He's European Australian descent. Caucasian, right. Right. right? right. You know, um, mm. and he would never understand, and he doesn't. He can't in terms of how that would, how I would feel, um, right. walking on the street during the day. Um, you know, in in, um, in Sydney, uh, in in a city as big as Sydney. Yeah. Right? Or, Oh yeah, I mean, or anywhere. Like, I mean, it's very dubious. I think even the smaller towns, I'd probably feel worse, actually, or less safe because mm. there's less diversity in smaller towns, um, generally yeah. speaking. Um, and but the thing is, though, it's, it's it's kind of always been there. I think coming from generations where you know, like you know, we've had a lot of Australians who did fight in the in the World War Two against the Japanese and you know and all that yeah. kind of stuff and and unfortunately um you know we get clumped into just Asians in general regardless yeah. of what country you are from you just kind of put in a you know so yeah. I um, think that happens to all the people like the, the South Koreans the Vietnamese yes, the Chinese that's the right it's all yeah. And, yep. it's, and Indians are just, I don't know, we're lucky if we get called Mexican. <laughs> oh, on. my God. <laughs> no, I was called oh, Mexican God. many Look, times, yeah. But um, anything, anything that's yellow, brown skin, you know yeah. what I mean? Anything, like, we kind of get put in this little thing. And um, But honestly, the sentiments are always were there anyway. This is just, yeah. it's just heightened now. Like I remember when I was on the, I was um, doing this, Youth United Nations conference. This is when I was in university, and I was mm. as I actually I was on the commission on the status for women. And um, you get to pick countries when you're when you're doing this thing. Yeah. Um, and I and I picked China. And um, I remember walking into this mock general assembly, and mm. basically all the other countries. And these are students from Australia, right? right. So all the other countries. You're talking about um, this is like a model UN. Is that what it is? Yeah, model UN, like those right. you know the right. youth model UN. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember walking in there, and then and the our whole China delegate, and we weren't all Chinese. We had we had a mix of all Australians. We just you know representing different countries that we had interest in or whatever. Yeah, and all the rest of the delegations actually booed. Like they actually they were they were really narky against the, the China team. It, and I, even back even then, though you were all Australian, <laughs> yes, that's right, that's, that's right. Messed up, and yeah. we all looked at each other and went, "What?" I mean, there were Caucasian guys who were in there as well, representing China, you know, with the China hat on. Like we all looked at each other and what? And like that was the. And I just went, "Wow!" So when all this that recently flared up, right, with the whole China Australia tensions, I just went, "That's not. That's nothing new, honestly, because I've seen yeah. what it was like before." And it's I sense just, that even with America, mm-hmm. you know, even though I've never been 
I mean, there long enough. Yeah, but there too. I lived there to study there. And I think this is the thing, sorry for, sorry for interrupting, but I just as an outsider, no, no, no. it's there, mm. I think, around the world, right? Of course, in, within India, it's more class. Um, we have different colors, even though we're all Indian, we're all brown. But there is this sort of sense of the caste system, yes. which causes this racial yes. divide. But, yes. you know, I, I mean, people are like, oh, you know, uh, I mean, I, when I lived in America, I went as a, a student to a private college. I had like sort of the if people use the word privilege, I was in a privileged situation. I didn't need yeah. money for, a, you know, I didn't have to do minimum wage jobs, none of that. But I'll be honest with you, I never felt like a first class citizen there at all, uh, whether that country or the UK, because you always feel that, uh, and however polite, and I had a disability, right? So people were extra nice to me. But, and I had some <laughs> lovely people, uh, some white people, uh, you know, people um, who are Mexican. My college was predominantly white, but I had a great time. I used to go to the local dive bar. I got along with the rednecks there. They were great people. But uh, on some level, at least in the bigger cities, um, even though they're more colored people, you feel there's a bit of more, more of a divide. And, and, and as you said, it's not surprising what's happening because um, now more and more when people, I feel, this is my theory, when people aren't able to look at themselves and be comfortable with all that they are, good and bad, they start to, start, sort of start looking, or the second thing is when they get too comfortable in their own skin, they start, <clears throat> start looking outside and going, hey, you know, my situation is like this because of, and they start pointing fingers, blaming because of the immigrants, because of the, the Mexicans, because yeah. of the Chinese people, or because of China's um, manufacturing has taken away so many jobs. So when you start looking out and blaming outside, you end up in a situation like where we are today, I think. Yeah, look, and, you know, fundamentally, I mean, but if you're talking about also the UK, I mean, you know, you mentioned about India has a class system. Um, yeah. You know, the UK is very big on that. Think about it. I mean, they've got kings and queens. Yeah, right, and yeah. you've got, you know, slaves and well, back in the day, you know, but yeah. there's, there I mean, the, definite... the most feudal landowner and land worker. Yeah, that was the biggest. Yeah, thing so so of course that would be there, and it's interesting when you're talking about that. I was thinking definitely, it's funny because the bigger cities, you would think there's there's more diversity in bigger cities, but actual fact, it's more segregated. Absolutely. So, as a result and, of the diversity, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it's f funny, and because I mean, look, yes, I was I was born in Sydney, but I. I grew up in Darwin, actually, on the top end, Northern Territory. Mm -hmm. um, when I was, I went there when I was seven, and it's small place, you know, in in Darwin. Um, great place to grow up, and it was so diverse. We have so many people from different nationalities there, and it was so mixed. And I don't know if it's just because it was a small town, but like I had friends from all different races, mm. and and I didn't never did I think that I was. Chinese in a sense of, do you know what I mean? Like I, I never thought, I just felt like everyone else. I never right. once thought about my race. Um, and then it was only until I went to um, university. Actually, it did actually happen when I went on China because I went to China on student exchange actually. Right. But um, but definitely when I went to university, I went to university in Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, and it was funny because that was when, even in my year group in, in optometry, that was when everyone sat in their own racial groups. Apart hmm. from us, where basically, like, I, I lived on college on campus, so all of us co college people were all bunched together anyway, generally speaking, right. but those who didn't all... Um, Stuck to their groups. Like, the Koreans sat with the Koreans, the Japanese, like, it was funny. And, like, you could tell who was who when it was really segregated. And and it, hmm. and it was just seriously, um, yeah, that's when I realised, wow, you know, there's that's a massive... And you know, it's other Difference. way around as well. I, because when I was in Wales, I was doing university there. I lived with a, my roommates were um, 
three three white guys for you know lack of a better explanation like one was from yeah, yeah, yeah. the west of england two for west of england the other guy was from wales the other guy was a sri lankan guy and myself and i had this indian british british born indian guy visit me saying dude i want to iron my shirt before we go out partying i said sure come on in and then he was like he came up to my room ironed his shirt and on the way down he's like dude you actually live with three other white guys mate you should come over and live with us i'm like dude what he's he was well, shocked yeah. that uh, me coming from india not being a british born indian that i've come all the way and now i'm living with i'm like dude these are my friends what's, it's uh, what's wrong what, with what, that yeah, yeah like, why is it so strange like one's a sri lankan guy who's a good friend the other guys i mean it's not like i wouldn't be as stupid to say i'm colorblind or i didn't see them color no these are guys we got along with and i'd rather have people i get along with who are maybe different from me than people who are the same looking as me but annoying fucks right I don't want to yeah be, yeah exactly it doesn't yeah. really matter it's what's yeah. the inside right like exactly yeah. i mean of course uh, as roommates everyone what color you are whatever you may be maybe it's male female male male you are going to have fights but who clean the dishes who doesn't clean the shower but it doesn't mean that just because you live with the same kind of people you're going to have a completely peaceful life which is complete bullshit i, I think in fact it's the opposite right because it, it sometimes gets um you know for the sake of homo like a homogenous kind of setup you end up compromising on meeting new people you end up compromising on experiencing that place for what it is you know yeah you know definitely and i think the world's too small now it's, it's such an international yeah. community re really yeah. international families there's mixes of everything and um, and, it, and I think it was great. I can't remember what flight I was on where basically um, I saw lots of Eurasian children. Like mm -hmm. they had, and I've never seen so much of it. And I went, oh, my God, there's like actually not just my family. Like there's all these Eurasian children. Like it was like, and, and um, but I'm, I saw I was probably going to somewhere in Europe. But you know what I mean? Like it was. But mixed uh, children, my wife, according to my wife, mixed children, whether it's, you know, um, yeah. white and Asian or white and indian or caucasian whatever i don't want to use i don't care about the word yeah, you know, yeah, whether yeah. it's black and uh, hawaiian yeah. they're just apparently the cutest when they mix up because they i i you know my wife's like can you can you can you be something else for some time i'm like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> um but you know what they say about that it's again it's survival of the fittest right like a, yeah. apparently you know you got this the 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 more different and far apart your genes are the yeah. stronger your offspring are apparently so yeah. um but, but no, but then, but then you do also get the really the opposite. I mean, there are some, you know, fugly Eurasians as well. Like you get, you get the, the gingers, you know, so um, really I'm glad depends. you said it. See that? <laughs> you never know. That message oh, was sponsored okay. by <laughs> Suzanne Chambers. <laughs> uh, I can say it. it's all good because yeah. I've got Eurasian babies. No, so what is it like? Uh, you went, you've been, to, I'll, I'll be very honest with you. Mm. I've been to Singapore. I've never been to mainland China. I, I don't know any Chinese people. I, I mean, I, I know I met you, of course, but you're Australian from Chinese descent. I have a friend whose parents are Chinese. He's American, uh, uh, Asian. But what is it like? Because, and I don't expect you to be a representative for China, but what is it like? Because it's such media propaganda, what we hear, whether it's the most liberal or the most conservative news outlet, with China being this, China being that. You've been there. You spent some time there. You said you have friends there. What is it like? Um, I, I think it's such a vast question, but maybe just in a, um, in, in a nutshell, well, what's life like there? Yeah, oh, look, it depends on the lens that you, that I'll, I mean, I was there obviously during student exchange as a young person, and then I went back a few times to work as an ad, like an, as an older adult. So those yeah. are different lenses that I was viewing it. But I mean, look, there's, they're, they're a superpower for a reason in a sense of they're super smart. Like mm -hmm. they, you know, they work incredibly hard. Yeah. Um, they, they, um, it's such a survival thing because again it's like india you know so many people 
yeah, you, yeah. you've got to you've got to kind of survive. And um, but I found when I was there, it's it was it's like they were my friends or my family. Mm. And I think this is more very Asian as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of, you know, like you call your good friend, your an auntie if they're older or your yeah well, there's just a respect thing yeah, yeah yeah there's a respect thing there and um you know there's a there's a loyalty there that um that was often unspoken right mm, mm. um and and i as i said like i was i was so close to not coming back the first time because mm. I, it was i was so close to the people i was with and um it kind of broke my heart to leave them do you know what i mean and yeah um yeah, and you know, I mean, the country it, it is beautiful, um, and and often look, you know, talking to my friends in China often is a lot of propaganda because that is they don't really have the issues. Like they're they're all open, they're open, going, hey, come on, come on in, like they're embracing their. But it's the West that sometimes put these things yeah, on. But because you, we think like from well, if if you were to ask me, and I've read a couple of books about like you know the 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 dynasty, you know. Back in I don't know the name, maybe the time of Confucius or the time of the, the, so much progress in China. Like when you look at the old, mm. um, the, I mean, of course, there's a lot. Every every country has its past, right? But yeah, if you ask me, just from what I read in in, in the in the Western news, it's like oh, it's it's smokestacks, iPhone factories making iPhones with children in them, and then it's just uh, dogs being eaten, it wet markets, bats being sold. Like it's just such it's such look. I um, think- in every yeah. country, look, in every country, there's going to be, look, it's not, I'm not saying that that doesn't exist. You know, Of course it does. Um, My point is, but that's not the only thing there, right? Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. But it's like yeah. any country, there's good and bad in everything, right? Yeah. There's yeah. always, there's always two sides, you know, yeah. and it just depends on the side you want to see. And that's Correct. kind of like, that's the bias filter lenses of what we tend to do as humans, I think, sometimes. Yeah. If we're looking for something to someone to blame or something to, yeah. we're trying to look for fault in something, we're going to see it. It doesn't matter what someone else says. If we believe it, that's what we're going to believe, you know? Yeah, it's like um, even Russia, right? It's yeah. not, I'm sure, like, my, if you ask my uncle, he's he's like, oh, my God, I'd move there tomorrow. He loves Russia because they no, like, right. he likes drinking. He loves drinking. Um, <laughs> I, I think half his liver is settled down in Africa. I mean, sorry, uh, Russia. Why did I say Africa? <laughs> The vodka. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just like it's pickled in vodka sitting in Vladivostok <laughs> or somewhere. <laughs> no, but it's such an unfortunate thing because that's the thing with globalization. You said that perfectly, right? We're such a small international community. But instead of it being a thing where we share and we become a small world where we can connect, like I'm sitting here in Bangalore talking to you in Sydney right now. We are sitting we, we are moving to different parts of the world, trying to find our own little group of people who look the same as us, who speak the same language, eat the same food. Well, I think it's great to have Indian friends who I come to Australia, but I'd like to have a diverse group of friends. That is what international global um, existence means, right? Like, and if you look at my yeah. friend circle, I'm not saying I'm better than other people, but I like to have a group of friends who um, are different from me, who have experienced a different life, who bring to the table different conversations, different experiences. Like when I talk to like my roommate from the US, he's from Seattle and he talks about growing up in Alaska and how it was, how cold it was, how they pickle food. And I'm just like, dude, I would never hear this from an Indian friend who uh, lived in LA or you know what I mean? It's such a different, and, and I mean, this guy and I are so different, but the fact that we get along, have common things to talk about, we can, you know, sort of values, bond over yeah. a bottle of Jack. It's just, it's beautiful fun. And I, I, yeah, I don't no, get and, that. And, <clears throat> and maybe it's also too that because we've had exposure, I think it's also because we come obviously from a um, a non-Caucasian background that we yeah. are exposed to 
other other cultures and other other foods as an example um yeah. I, I was really surprised like as i said um i've been in sydney for quite a while now and um i've been living on the north shore northern beaches um which mm-hmm. is very um you know very white i guess privileged background right. um and i took my but the thing is about 10 minutes drive away there's chatswood which is on the north shore and it's so many Asians there and the food's amazing, right? Mm, mm, mm. And so I remember for my um my birthday, I, I invited some friends from, from the Northern Beaches who go to the same school as my kids. And yeah. um, you know, they're all Caucasian women, um, but um they're, they're just lovely people. I yeah. took them to a a hot pot, right? Yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. uh, um, and and um and Wait, I was a hot like, pot is that, that is that the, is the hot pot uh, the same thing as a bibimbap, the Korean thing, or is it like uh, oh, a Korean oh, bibimbap? Like, well, that's like a rice dish thing. I mean, the hot uh, pot, I guess, even within China, the hot pot's like you've got soup in there, either chili or clear soup, and you put all your raw stuff in there, boil it, and you eat it oh, kind of it stuff. Oh, it cooks in that, right, right, right. Yeah, right, it cooks right. in it, it's like that. Um, and um, I remember taking there anyway, and and they'd never they'd never tried it. They've never freaking tried, they've never had it before in and their it's lives. Down the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, what? And I, I was so surprised because because my friends are like they're so they're so op- like you know open and supportive and just there's such nice people. Mm. But I was so surprised they'd never eaten it, and I went, "What the hell?" You know, I, went, I think right, there's I'm a, there's a group you as you again. <laughs> yeah, and there's a group like as you mentioned, right? They know the things to say. They know about cultures. They probably would have read up saying, you know, when the first Chinese settlers came to Australia. But if you show them a chopstick, <laughs> you won't know the right end from the wrong end. You know, like they, they don't do that. I mean, they don't. I wouldn't say the right thing. They don't do it, but they're seen saying the right thing. And I think there's a the world is a lot of those people nowadays. With what well, it also might about. be also all they know. Do you know? Yeah, this is yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. It could Absolutely. just be because, um, like, often now, like, if they if we get together on the northern beaches, we go to the pub. You know, like that, yeah. or like it's very, you know, uh, food that's just very generic. If if you're not all Western food, right? Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, and and I think that's all kind of is they live in this little bubble. Right, like it's it's they they it's very rare for them to venture across the bridge, you know, um, and um, yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. I think it's because we did grow up in, you know, in, we travel, we want to experience different cultures. There's there's a big yeah. difference between my friends who stayed in Darwin and, and friends who who moved away outside of that town. You know, um, yeah, massive difference in terms of things. But then, um, yeah. So and this is the thing with education as well, and this is why. Um, I think it's amazing that, you know, you, you studied abroad because um, education is really important because it does broaden your horizons a lot more, um, I think. Yeah, I think travelling abroad, away yes, from travel. home for education, and if it could be outside your country, nothing like it. Um, I think because academically, yeah. I don't remember much. I wasn't a great <laughs> by any means. In fact, I was like... You're just drinking too much. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, in my fourth year, final semester, I'm like, oh... I wish I had taken anthropology. I hate sociology, and I and I majored in sociology. And I was like, <laughs> I hate this course, right? But you know, you mentioning that uh, reminds me of an interesting thing. Like a lot of friends of mine, a few of I mean, not I have a few friends. I mean, like a lot of the Indian friends I have who are American Indian, yeah. right? American born Indians. Uh, yeah. They they grew up with a very different perspective, uh, and I mentioned that thing about being a first class, third class citizen in a first world country and a first class, etc., etc. And they find it a little bit more confusing what to be 
Uh, and then as a result, what happens, their parents who went to the US or to the UK in the 70s have this perception of India, which is a little bit more conservative. There was a scarcity sort of complex when they went and they brought their kids up with this, like with this Bollywood, this Hindi influence. But when Indians from India go there now, they're a lot more, they, they spend a lot more, they're a lot more open-minded, they're okay with dating different people. That in fact, I'll tell you this, and this is not something I'm making up in the Bay Area, which is your sunny, uh, sunny Vale, San Francisco, San Jose, a lot of Indians yeah, yeah. live there. The parents who are obviously like now in their 60s or 70s have this thing for their kids. I don't know if it's a law, it's a rule, but they have a preference saying when their daughters or their sons are getting married, no BMWs, no blacks, no Muslims, no whites. Can you believe that? Oh, yes. actually, my mind actually went to cars for a second. I had no idea yeah. what you're talking about. No, wow, no, that, that, really? yeah, for them, yeah, for them it's yeah, it's only Audis, but yeah, no, no, no jokes. <laughs> apart. But it's it's yeah. Apparently, they have this thing. I mean, I don't know if it's everyone. Of course, it's not everyone. But there are a few people. It's an unsaid thing. They don't marry a black, don't marry a Muslim, don't marry a white. And it's so. You're, you're we're talking about Caucasians, and this is Indians sitting in the Bay Area. They they just don't want it. And many of them work at companies where the. It's a mixed company, but the, the likes of the Googles and the likes of Facebooks and Apples and yeah. Intel. Yeah. And these are people with that mindset. I think, uh, well, this is the thing. I think you're right with um, those who've migrated over. They carry yeah. those old traditions and belief systems, right? And yeah. then they come over into another country. They're still holding on to that yeah. because that's what, that, and, and they haven't changed. So whereas it works both ways. That, yeah. It, that's it, right. Whereas the guys actually live in the country. I hear this about uh, my Greek friends as well. Yeah. The Greeks over there are actually more open um i guess with the current times then the greeks living right now the, right right in right Atlanta. exactly yeah, yeah. all that that came across and are living in a foreign country because they've held so tight to things even though mm. they're living in a different in, in a western world um and yeah so it, it it's yeah I, I don't know it's interesting but I, I at the same time i think it's, it's sad too because isn't that the whole point with why they why did they come over and leave the country then if they didn't want to? Yeah, um, absolutely. Like this is what gets me, right? Like when you look at people, especially people like, you know, earlier, like if you look at the people like the Spaniards, the Portuguese, the British, the Dutch, who basically just left home saying, I hate home. I want to go see what's outside. Now saying... I want to be home and I don't want anyone to come into my house. Like, it's like, what are you on about, right? Like, at, uh -huh. at one point you went everywhere in the world and now you're scared of the world. And I find that baffling. And now suddenly yeah. Indians are curious and other people are curious. And I think it's great to be curious. And I think when you're curious, you're going to get burnt. You're going to have some people, and I'm not saying whether they're white, whether they're Chinese, whether they're Asian, whatever. There are annoying assholes in every group and they're going to pass some comments yes. which are insensitive which are insulting but if you're not willing to take that it's not going to make you more resilient and as a result you're not going to experience what life has to offer because for every one of those insults i i, I love sitting in pubs because you meet some of the coolest people some of the grumpiest people some of the most well-traveled some of the most hilarious stories mm. and I mean, this was my opening joke in Australia when I came to Perth at the Fringe and I was like, man, I came yeah. to Australia and I hit the pubs over here because the guy's like, hey, mate, what's your problem? And I'm, I'm blind. He's like, everyone here is blind as well. Because that's what you guys... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's my horrible Australian accent. I apologize for any Australian oh, I listening. I love it. I love it. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, man, I was just thinking you should try to come to the Melbourne Fringe then, you know? Yeah, the Me MICF. Yeah, I'd love to come to the Melbourne Fringe, but I need to write a new special because that's the only joke I had for Australia, the blind <laughs> joke. <laughs> Oh, it would be successful because, I, as I said, look, they're, oh, yeah, no, they, no, no, they love you. It would be great. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's 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 a good time. Um, 
to write a new special because there's a lot of, as you said, just what we're say, we're talking about with on a on a macro level with race and with people and geographies. I think it's happening in comedy where there are only a certain number of things which are so-called approved, and even festivals are working on that. I've noticed like if you are if you are black, lesbian, and from a marginalized group, you're going to win the Melbourne Fringe. You know, I think it's it's sad, but it, it's, it's coming into the arts if you have the right check boxes. So, I want you to talk about firstly. I think I, I've been interrupting you, but can you, for my listeners, mm-hmm. um, in your own words, tell them what you do and how you got there? Oh gosh. Well, I'm aware of many hats to start off with. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned before that I am an optometrist by trade. But yeah. I'm also an actor and a writer and a producer for screen. Mm, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, I love that because been... you make sure people can see clearly <laughs> and that way they can watch your movies. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yes. Well, you know, I visit <clears throat> the windows to the soul and, you know, I want to, <laughs> you know, express messages. No, no, no my movie's that great. It's just that your power is bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh God. Okay, let me let me fix that for you. But yeah. uh yeah, no, well, this is the thing with the whole vision thing because um look, I do come from a very public health background. I spent a lot of time volunteering around the world. Um, and that's my that's my thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess in terms of aspirations. Um, and I wanna obviously make a difference in a positive way through storytelling. Yeah. Um and it's always something I've always kind of wanted to do. It's like, you know, it's a classic again, stereotypical thing you know, got into medicine after high school, got into full-time musical theatre. Mm-hmm. Did I, was allowed to, was I allowed to do the creative aspirations? No, but, you know, but I went, nah, not doing medicine either. Screw that. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, what nice. part of the body do I actually like looking at? Well, it's the eyes. So there you go. So, that, yeah. you know, and yeah, but, you know. They tend to be the cleaners until, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. Well, you know, and, and so, you know, but it wasn't until obviously, you know, I had my kids that, um, I went back into it. I just mm. again, it's one of those things that sometimes you know what your passion, what your calling is. I guess calling, but you know your what yeah. you want to do in your life. And if I could pick anything in the world, and I, I could, if I could, then I that's what all I'd do. Yeah, I, I, yeah. you know. Um, and so you know, I've been transitioning for many years <laughs> to try to stop the optometry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I still do that casually on the side because, um, you know, it's expensive actually to develop your film projects, you know. Um, there's a I was lot going to say, Australia is it. a very expensive country for people, um, you know, who just gone there going, yeah, I, I, I've been to Europe, it's there, euros, whatever, dollars. And suddenly you land up in Australia and what is, how much is it for Nando's, for two people at Nando's, $25, $30? Like what? <laughs> it's like... Uh, well, I guess it depends on, well, Perth, see, the things you went to Perth, though. Perth is, see, small towns in Australia are expensive. Perth and Darwin are really, really expensive, same as Tasmania, ah. because it takes, like, ages to fly there. You've got to fly everything over there, you know. Right. Um, and um, but at the same time, wages <clears> are a lot higher as well, generally speaking. Yeah, like a minimum wage, what, for a restaurant worker is about $20, which is quite, yeah. quite high, yeah. Well, yes, but that's, yes, and you do get paid, like, you know, a lot more in those places, but then there's not as many resources. So right. then you kind of, so it's it's a catch-22. That's why I think people love living in the bigger cities because there's so much yeah. more to do and see, and food is so much cheaper in the bigger cities. Oh, it is? Um, okay. No, I think, yeah, it I is. think in Perth, the only thing which was cheap was meth. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, no, Perth is, but as I said, like, Mm. You know, if you but if you want a really laid back town and you know and, and the lifestyle, it's all about lifestyle, right? Really, yeah. for those towns, um, you know. And look, they've they've 
had a big mining boom. There's a lot of money in WA, right? So yeah. obviously there's there's specific reasons for why you'd be there. Um, and it's beautiful. Like one of my best friends is there. Um, so yeah, we went to a lovely it, town down. I don't know whether it's down or up, but this place was it Fremantle. <laughs> Fremantle was. Oh good. yeah, Frio. Yeah, they call it Frio. Yeah. Yeah, nice place. It was good. Like uh, I saw. I mean, I don't know why we went there. My wife wanted a mug. She has this habit of buying mugs everywhere she goes. Oh like, right. If you want to buy a mug, I'm like, are you fucking crazy? So we went to this place. There was like a bazaar, like a guy on stilts. I'm like, where the hell have I landed up? Like I came for a comedy festival. And now oh. I'm outside like this pottery shop where she's buying a mug from Fremantle. I'm like, great. <laughs> oh, look, you know what? She's practical because often, you know, it's spoons. You know, remember we used to travel and use those spoons, those silver spoons. You, you could buy as souvenirs. I don't know if you remember those around. No, 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 no. I, I, yeah, I, you I, never I, did the spoon thing. No, mugs are I, definitely more your thing. <laughs> I, was never, I wasn't let out of the house till I was 40. <laughs> I'm not even 40 yet. <laughs> <Joking. laughs> oh God. No, that's yeah, so, no, it's amazing that so you 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 produce movies and so what's the space you're you're, you're telling stories and what what's the kind of um this what kind of stories do you want to tell? Like what, what is the, uh, what drives those? Well, I discovered at film school that mm. um which I shouldn't have surprised me, but it kind of went, oh well, of course. Because you know, you go through your thing about what is your voice, you know, what's yeah. your what's your messaging? And I discovered that love is actually my thematic, not surprisingly. I was always a bit like that, <laughs> even, even in high school. So there you go. But, um, yeah, but but for me, it's, again, it's similar to what we are talking about before, you know, love is love. It should matter what background you're from, whatever mm. ability you have. And regardless of colour, you know, love is love, right? And so, um, <clears throat> so part of my, yeah, so a few of my projects have always been about that to some degree um like yeah my last feature film was a bit about deaf culture and pride it's called unsound um Mm -hmm. and um you know it was one of the first um yeah uh films you know to be screened in mainstream cinemas in australia that had significant Auslan sign language um and it, it also you know and um it's uh again it doesn't matter what your background is right and um so it's yeah. So that's that's the kind of that anyway. That tends to run through it. But then, as having said that, too, um, you know, I've I've written a a TV show that's a thriller, and I, but again, it's more about the messaging and the social impact messaging, and yeah. um, you know, often like for that one, it's it's again inspired probably from events of what I've experienced in terms of okay, you know, with children, how now there's so much controversy in terms of. I guess, you know, what's sexually appropriate, you know, when you, yeah. you grow up and you're, you're choosing partners and how you should behave and everything. And we're in this time, you know, we, yes, Black Lives Matter, we're in the Me Too movement, you know, we're in all these different um, significant change, I guess, um, yeah. times of change. Um, and so I want, I want to explore those, but in, a, um, but in a more empowering kind of, you know, water cooler kind of conversational way where it's like, oh, hold on a minute, this is interesting. This is this is actually yeah. going to create some thought and provoke some thought here. Um, that again, different viewpoints, right? And and sometimes I think that's what we need as as the human race to to be able to look at different perspectives, because often one way is not always the right way. There's there's always multi dimensional viewpoints on anything, and it's showing audiences those different viewpoints or seeing something differently not in someone else's shoes and going actually okay maybe the way I was doing something maybe wasn't, you know, could be done differently mm. and be more, I guess, empathetic and sympathetic to 
to other people, right? Um, and yeah. so, so yeah, so so the type of work I do is definitely more very social impact. It has to have a strong enough message for me to get up every day and fight for it because it is so hard getting anything up at all. Yeah. Like yeah. seriously, if you ever see a movie, I'm telling you, you'll be like, I, I always just go, Jesus, man, how much they would have if they would have taken to make that. Um, yeah, I think that's yeah. one of those things you, uh, it's easy to shit on going, ah, what a crap production. But when you're actually involved, man, I, I, I've done a couple of ad films. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah. Like crazy, like four in the morning, what do you want me to do? Smile? Are you crazy? No way. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I can only imagine for the people behind the scenes, like the directors, the producers, the, the editors, it's so much work. And that's one of the reasons why I like stand up is you write a joke, you <laughs> fine-tune that joke, do it at open mics and go boom, it's on stage. As opposed to you think of a, you, you think of an idea, you write the script, you write the screenplay, and next thing, how many months before it's out there, right? Or oh, years? years. It can be years. Can like be there years, have been yeah. some films that take five, seven years to write, even to get the script right, you know. Um, Crazy, and yeah. the standard is so high at the moment, you really need to work and keep working it. Um, and even when you think that, okay, you've got it a good place. I mean, it's so subjective as well, this is a thing, right? So, you know, in you're not going to please everyone because it's it is yeah. so subjective and people have different belief systems so you need yeah. to follow be true to your story also you mm. know i want to ask you this because i mean i think i want to talk about the actual thing whether with with ott platforms it's become easier but um i want to just talk about this one thing about love right because i feel we're living in a day and age which is actually better for human beings of all sorts um than what it was say 200 years back because there is a little bit more, uh, but with issues like transgender, with with sexuality, with women's rights, with uh, all these things be coming to the forefront, being addressed. I think that's great that we are doing that with disability rights, with animal rights. But I think, as you mentioned, that one thing I feel in all this that's missing is this sense of love. I think that's not there. I think everyone wants their, everyone wants to yell about their issues, but I feel that what you're doing is so important because this 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 i don't know how would you define love for you like is is it is it um a certain word is it a certain emotion so i i want to understand that because i think that is something which people listening um might appreciate because i think everyone has the right intention but when if there's no love then it just becomes a yelling match it becomes a fighting thing saying my problem is bigger than your problem you know what i mean yeah well it's all encompassing really and I think it's how really you feel. It's, it's at the end of the day, you know, love is a mm. feeling. It, it's, mm. it's, there's no barriers with that, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes you can't help what you feel. It is what mm. it is. Um, and, and it's very powerful, I believe, because it can dissolve conflicts in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Really. Yeah. No yeah. pun intended with the freaking word I use heartbeat, but you know, <laughs> um, you know, it, there's, it's, um, yeah, and when it every when it boils down to it, like if you think about it, you know, when you've got a goal or you want to do something for yourself, that's you know, aspirations. I mean, that's love for yourself. So there's yeah. love of self. There's so many different types of love, right? Yeah, yeah. As well, and when it comes down to it, I think maybe we don't realize it so much, but our actions are driven by love um, yeah. in some way. If you really, really draw down to it. At the end of the day yeah that know. need to go back especially the love which is not directed at yourself i think is to go back and do that repetitively to whether it's helping people whether it's serving people or whether 
it's even whether it's make telling stories and uh, yeah i mean it's nice to hear that because i mean otherwise love is so defined so stereotypically right whether it's 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 that perfect relationship or whether it's romantic love romantic love yeah but i think you're you're right there's this love that you see people like when i when i when i hear people who are working at rescue shelters people who are working in wildlife people who are working in in shelter in 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 shelters for women who have been domestically abused to go back Mm. because it's not easy i mean i talk to some of them and they're like you know what? It's, it never gets easy seeing a new case, seeing a new animal that's come in, which has been mauled mm. or been run over or seeing a human being who's been abused. It never gets easy. But I think that's love going back and helping them over and over and over again. It's an uphill battle, but they keep doing it. I think that is nothing short of love, right? Yeah. Well, that's why people, I think, keep going. That's yeah. I, mean, I, 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 I mean, during hard times, there's something there. Um and, you know, whether it is just, as I said, well, love for yourself, you know, yeah, to keep yeah. surviving or or because you've got a bigger, I know it's very stereotypical again, but, you know, the, the parent who doesn't give up because, well, they keep going to save the child, right, yeah. because of the love of the child. Um, oh, my God, I just had a flash of Harry Potter and, you know, the whole sacrifice the mother made for Harry Potter. Anyway, <laughs> but you know what I mean. You. <laughs> I can completely um, imagine uh, that right? visual. Yeah, my because- brain just went Oh God! It's crazy how that, that that book has affected my life. It's just like, uh, what's what, what was it? Lily spreading her arms in front of Harry in the the green. Uh, yeah, it's it's that's love. Yeah, 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 and I think yeah. she's put it. Yeah. Even though I know it's a fantasy fiction thing, but the way she, uh, how Dumbledore explains to Harry uh, how love is so powerful and that Voldemort can't exist in him because the pain is because of the love that Harry's the, the, the pain that love Harry's love is causing to Voldemort's soul and I think that's a beautiful thing for children to read and even adults to read yeah yeah well yeah, and that's the thing that's what's interesting like it's there's there's those messages there right and yeah. at the end of the day you know um there's so many stories for saying and telling and um a lot of it again boil it down what was it really about you know yeah, I mean there's yeah. obviously broader messages but then yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, hmm. and I, again, I just think it's still about, um, and it's hard because as, as humans, I think once we realise that really there's not that much that separates us in the world, mm. really. I think um, the distractions are the ones that are making us focus on what is different about us. And I think it's easy to control people when they're distracted, saying, hey, look there, that person's taking your job. Look there, this person is different. Or making you. it worse. Like, yeah, like yeah. sometimes sometimes I do think that some people, um, you know, I know they're advocates for whatever, you know, whatever the agenda they're pushing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes yeah. It, it actually doesn't help. Yeah. It, it, it Sometimes it actually can put off allies um, yeah. who, who are actually supportive um, and, it, and it can actually make it, even more, more isolating or, or, yeah. So, and I think if we, if we do something and it's all about intention and actions, I think if, you know, if, I think if all of us, we actually did something with intention through love or yeah. from a good, coming from that place, mm-hmm. then how could we really get it wrong? Because if we yeah. were, if we felt, you know what I mean? Really, if you think about it, like, cause they're not the intentions there, we're coming from that place. It's yeah. different from having some agenda that we're trying to push through. You know what I mean? It's not from that place. And that's when I think we tend to fuck it up. Part of my language, I just said that. Yes. No, that's perfectly fine. I think I've already cursed. Like, <laughs> on recording. Uh, yeah. No, I think I've, I've set the expectations pretty high. <laughs> with, with the I'm surprised that you waited this long. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so glad that there are uh, people like you telling stories which need to be heard. And um, so, okay, um, how is it? Is it now with what has the experience been? I think I, we will wind it up with this question or this topic is sure. how uh, with, as, as a storyteller, as a producer, as a writer, as an actor, uh, with the movement from traditional uh, movie screens or network television to now these platforms, be it the Amazons, the Netflix, the HBO Maxes, whatever they may be, the, 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 um, the, the thousands, I'm sure in Australia, you have the uh, plenty of them. Um, what, what, what is access easier? Is funding easier? Is your story getting picked up easier? What is the kind of the, the, the ecosystem for a creator in, in this space right now? Maybe specific mm. to Australia or maybe just from your experience in the world today? Yeah, it's like interesting. It's mic. obviously changed the landscape. Oh, yeah. you're right. It's definitely changed the landscape. You would think that it makes it easier in a mm. sense of that there are so many more platforms now all demanding content. And everything yeah. there was things there's so much content like and and the and the thing is because there are there are a few powerhouses you know um so you've got you know the big ones like the netflix and the amazon and all those mm. um and i think for producers it can be challenging because obviously you know we want to get our projects up yeah. and they know that right which means that sometimes the deals that are made or the you know the they're in a position of power, right? So it's yeah. just more about how much do you want to give away, yeah. uh, potential, essentially. And is it sustainable for producers if they're not given a back end? You know, it's not traditional theatrical where, you know, cinemas where there's revenue coming from, you know, cinemas all over the world kind of thing and it's uncapped in a sense, whereas the streamers basically will go, okay, we'll give you the money to make your film, yeah. right? So you don't have to worry about trying to get, you know, government funding or whatever. But this is how, this is how much it'd be, and is limited back end, or if any back end is capped, that's what it is. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Right. right. Or they pay shit all for your film. Does that make sense to go on their platform? Because I mm. know that everyone wants to put their stuff on there, and they've got yeah choice, right? And they are they seem um, to be in the in the in the driver's seat right now, right? Just saying, you know what we you know we know that you we know that you want to be on our platform, so. And, I, and I've been in a situation like that where someone's like, oh, yeah, we're going to cut up. Can you cut up, cut up your one hour special into five minutes and sell that for like a thousand dollars? I'm like, no, not that the thousand dollars <laughs> wouldn't have thing. But it's just like, why would I cut up my piece of work? Right. Well, there's different. I mean, look, there's, there's a way of also thinking. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it is clever sometimes to um, exploit it in different formats. It yeah. depends on the story. Um, so, you know, um, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, it really depends. But yeah. I think, but at the same time, I think it just propels. Well, my thinking is that it just propels you to make sure your project is as best as it can be, mm. and 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 actually makes you even more creative because you have to make it really so damn different and so damn good to get mm. their attention. Because um, right. you've still got the main gatekeepers, you've still got the funding bodies who are very narrow, and you know they talk about change and diversity and all this stuff, but. Do they actually support it? Not really. Do you know what I mean? They're still yeah. very fear-driven, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and very risk-adverse, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, so um, you've still got that happening. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, so it's still, you still have to, the good thing, though, is that um, the guys who I guess are more willing to take risks are more willing to take on board the projects. Um, right. But I think for someone like me who's 
tends I tend to do more bolder, riskier projects. If yeah. that makes sense, like it's really hard to comp the film to something that's done before. Because that's why you reached out to me in the first place. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's right. I was like. <laughs> Oh, I was like, I was like, oh my god! I was like, I was like, oh my god! Like, you know, I was, I was blown away. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, but it is hard to tell those stories, and it's nice that you are telling those stories. And it, I mean, there are a few people backing you, of course, which is great because I think they need to be told. Um, and um, you know, I sorry, I didn't want to take away from what you were saying. That just wanted to just add the fact that you, you know, you need all kinds of stories to be told, and it'll be nice if there are people backing. The mainstream, of course, with the famous actors and the famous storylines and the plots, but also, I think, just like everything we've spoken about today, I think it when you say you know the world is a is, is a diverse place, you need to also show it in in entertainment, right? That the diversity does exist, not that yeah. every pirate is Johnny Depp or. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I, yeah, and I and and the thing is that there is because it's. It's still changing, and so we're still a long way to go. It is mm. still hard to get those projects up. Yeah. Um, and um, it's it, and and in my view, because I guess particularly when you're trollblazing it, if you know what I mean, there's no yeah. other. You know, you're not following. It, it is harder because you've got to break through more barriers to do so. But yeah. I. Um, but it also there's more pressure to make sure it's even damn good. Right, because the thing is, if if the film does well or whatever, you know what, mm. it makes it so much easier for then other people then to follow. Because even though it's been really hard, you've kind of at least paved the way for for, for such other films, right? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 absolutely. And and yeah, and that's why I've been trying to kind of obviously form a team that get that um, yeah. and are there for the long haul, who will keep pushing through to come you know, to break through all the political crap and all the other shit, yeah. you know, what I mean? that you've got yeah, to kind yeah, of do yeah, to yeah. kind of get something up. Yeah. Um, no, that's brilliant. So yes. can you, uh, for people listening right now, whether they, if they're in Australia and they want to say reach out to you, maybe for work, maybe to find out, or for people who just want to watch the films you made, um, of course, I'll put all the links in the description. But if you want to just say it for yourself, um, some of the things highlight some of the work you've done so they can uh, head over and check it out and... Um, admire what you've done can you just drop oh, thank uh, you yeah. that's cool i mean look my, my production company is called wise goat productions um again because name. again <laughs> i am born in the year of the goat but uh it's I about like the wise goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and just you know you know provoking thought and telling issues that matter right um <laughs> and uh so on the website there i've got obviously films in development and films that i've completed um and the, as I said, you'll find, like, for example, my last feature, which is coming on Netflix, actually, in February. It's going to be also in Fuse TV in the US, which is, you know, 38 million households. Um, oh, nice. So there's that. And um, and then even, like, back in the day, like, years ago, you know, my short films are on broadcast on TV now. That You know, there's the, I said they, they want content. Right. Um, so, you know, there's there's all, yeah, so there's a lot of things there that they can basically look at. Um, mm -hmm. on that website um, to see what I've Brilliant. done and, yeah, what the team's done. So, yeah. Yeah, and if you ever you travel know, up north uh, to the North Beach and you're on Hot Pot, you know who to contact. <laughs> uh -huh, that's right. If you want to know, like, where the good food is. I also discovered recently taro lattes. I don't know, you know, taro, the purple, the, the purple kind of potato 
Tarot. Oh, no, I thought um, it was tarot like cards. Like, I thought lattes oh, tell you your future. Oh, tarot cards. <laughs> I see. You're, <laughs> you're, I like those too. However. Yes. <laughs> can I get I a found... latte without milk? Oh, your future's yeah. gone. <laughs> <laughs> we can read your tea for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. No, oh, but no, really. of, I... Is it a kind of yam? Is that what yeah, is? it is. It's the best thing I've ever, like, it's my favorite. You know, the, I don't know if you guys have this, you know, the pearl milk teas with a little bubble, those, um, Bu- sago, bubble tea? those, the bubble tea. Yeah. I haven't had it. My niece yeah. loves it. She lives in Singapore. Oh, she it's loves the it. best yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, and tarot pearl milk teas are my favorite. And so when I went to a cafe and there was tarot lattes, cause normally I love chai, right? Chai ah. is like my favorite all time yeah. tea. And they had tarot lattes. I went, oh my God. And it was the best thing I've ever tasted. And I haven't been able to find it anywhere yet apart from this one place. <laughs> if I ever come to Australia, please remind me not to drink that. <laughs> I'm going I'm to have a good old pint of lager, mate. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you going to have the BB and the. <laughs> I don't know which drink one. Beer just, cold. The, just something that gets me totally blind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. Well, you know, Foster's. Actually, that, that's the one. I don't know what the main beer is, but I remember when I was oh, in China. Oh, no, 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 main... no. They tried passing off your crap on us in India. Foster's. Yeah, and they kept I saying Foster's it... Australian for beer. I'm like, no, this is Australian for piss. It's horrible. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah, sorry yeah, if yeah. any Australians listening right now besides you, but. <laughs> Uh, I can't drink Foster's. I don't know if the Indian version was made worse. It was just so bad. But um, I don't know. I, I, it's just what we, I think it must be what we export. Like seriously. Possibly. No, it was also made here. Uh, I think the water is different, but I don't know what, what are the, I've oh. had some of the micro beers, uh, micro oh. brewery, brewery beers in Perth, but some of the basic lagers, I don't know what you guys had. I think I think maybe Cronenberg or Carlsberg. I don't know. If, I don't think it's native to Australia, but I, I did have a VB. I think I had a VB and I think that yeah, was, okay. was good. <laughs> But not oh, Foster's. Okay, well, Sorry, if anyone here has a stake in Foster's, I apologize for the sensitive <laughs> comment about, about pee. No and, disclosure, yeah, branding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, but honestly, cool. Suzanne, thank you um, so much for um, taking the time to join me and for reaching out in the first place and, uh, you know, having this chat. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. It was just, as I said, maybe serendipity that, you know, I came across your YouTube channel and um, yeah. I went, Hey, why not? Just let's just reach yeah, out because yeah. you never know. And no, it you was know, good. It was great that uh, it's later. been a few months yeah. since that happened, and uh, glad that you uh, agreed to do this podcast. So appreciate it. I'll put all the details for your website in the description, and good luck with. Um, I know you're working on a movie. Good luck with that, and hopefully mm-hmm. we get to meet in uh, good old sunny Australia. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And then I. <laughs> I shot you a bear. Yeah, <laughs> no, hopefully you know by then I get my be. accent right. Yeah, hopefully get my accent You know what's going right to be? Right. It's going to be the Melbourne Fringe. Melbourne ah. Comedy Festival. Huge. Yeah, if you're listening, organizers, if you're listening, you know who to call. You to would get be great for sold it. Sold out stadiums. <laughs> You'd be great for it. Seriously, it's freaking great that the Comedy Festival. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if they can handle my jokes yet. I don't know if Melbourne's thick-skinned enough right now to handle my jokes. The one joke I have. The I think they'll want anything to get out of, like, you know what I mean? They've been in lockdown, what, the, the city with the longest time in lockdown in the world. Ah, right, uh, right. They're, they're dying to get out. So I'll be there soon. Yeah. <laughs> As yeah, this podcast but, um, releases. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, look, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, it was so lovely speaking with you. And, um, you know, we'll keep in contact for sure. For sure. For sure. Good luck with everything and good luck with, um, yeah, your new movies and your new stories and with. uh, See how we go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good luck. All right. Well, look, thanks for having me. You take care of yourself. And you. um, All the best. Take care. Cheers.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please do check out the other episodes on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. And I would much appreciate it if you could like the video, share it with people who you think might enjoy it. And of course, do subscribe to the channel because it will help me and the podcast grow and reach more people just like you. So thanks again. Appreciate it.